Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Petko Stoyanov and Rachel Lyon to explore the latest in global cybersecurity news, trending topics, and industry transformation initiatives impacting governments, enterprises, and our way of life. Now, let's get to the point. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of To The Point Podcast. I'm Rachel Lyon, here with my co-host, Petko Stoyanov. And we welcome you back for part two of our conversation with Misi Chowdhury. She is SVP and General Counsel at Virtue, and we are talking all things privacy. So without further ado, let's get to the point. Uh, so, you know, last year, Apple and Google introduced end-to-end encryption for user privacy. At least, you know, Apple and Google did that. So all your iPhones and iPads and devices are protected. But how does, like, end-to-end encryption protect user data? Like, why does it matter? like for law enforcement and others? So, um, uh, like I was saying is that uh, when we talk to different stakeholders, they obviously present uh, their own incentives. They're not always incorrect, but uh, they may not be taking into account what the others are thinking about. Why this is important is, again, uh, the sanctity of my communication. So if I'm writing to Rachel or to you, I want only you to be actually reading what I've written to you. I also don't want that somebody who just decides in the middle that what are these people up to tries to look into that information. And it also gives me the assurance that I not only have the confidence in this communication, but also the recipients are the people I trust. And um, and that could be just thing, just something very simple. I think we can all frown upon uh, many people's way of um, using various apps, uh, but that's the but that's how whether it is younger people, older people, people of different sensibilities want to share apps or internet for a variety of purposes. Um, somebody wants to send some pictures to someone else. Who am I to judge what they are doing that for? And they should be allowed to do whatever they are doing there. And a lot of private things can, as I said, may not appeal to the larger to the sensibilities of other people, but they are entitled to that. When you said Apple, Google, um, or 2016, this uh, this um, my uh, U.S. family and friends are always a little confused about, but rest of the world recognize it uh, much more is WhatsApp. Um, which is Facebook's uh, crown jewel, uh, Meta's, I I should say, uh, in the rest of the world, uh, when they rolled out uh, Open Whisper system or signals end-to-end encryption in 2016, they changed the world of privacy for a very large part of the world. Where their future markets are, Um, India, has 950 million feature phone users and only around 420 million smartphone users. So you can imagine that market, which is a total addressable market, is already double the size of the United States right now. So it is very attractive to the companies right now. But when they decided that this is what we are going to do, they are also responding to the demand of the consumer. They are recognizing the fact that law enforcement needs data when there is an actual crime. They also say that metadata, which phone, what is happening, all of that 
can help address a lot of issues here. But obviously, that's not good headline. That's not very good for a politician to say, because I am going to save you all from every terrorist on earth. That's not that that's too complicated, too much jargon, doesn't do very well on the floor of the parliament. Um, Faith, WhatsApp actually did put out an analysis to say that only from metadata, they were able to identify and unearth 300,000 accounts that were distributing CSAM in a month. It does work. There are other methods, including hashing, which is to know hashing of known offensive images, which can be detected automatically at scale also. So those things work. Uh, but if the idea is, no, let's assume everybody's a criminal, let's collect all data all the time so that we have total information awareness. And uh, whenever there is a problem, we'll go dip into that and get something. If you think of it from that perspective, then of course law enforcement is right. We should never have any privacy because everybody should be sus a suspect. But if you think about it from the fact of like, well, let's just assume this is default. I do whatever I do. You do whatever you do. If we ever commit a crime, somebody should be able to follow some processes and then come after us. Why can't we move to that mature discussion instead of going in circles to do something which starts from Bill Clinton's administration, actually, the crypto wars, the first time? Um, I'm not that old, but it sounds very Sisyphean. <laughs> It's like you keep fighting the same fight because it's fun. So exactly. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. And you know, I'm curious too on your take, you know, we talk about user privacy. I mean, the whole TikTok thing, right? I mean, you just can't run away from this discussion. And I was on a call this morning and you know, one of my colleagues in the UK was talking about, I guess the EU was talking about banning TikTok on on all devices and you know and and even so I use my personal phone for work email and things like that I probably shouldn't do that but I'm a TikTok user so you know if if I kept TikTok on that phone I wouldn't be able to get my team's messages my Outlook messages from my company and I'm feeling very conflicted Mishi if they do this to me <laughs> so but but where's the line you know what I mean I, I guess that's always the question kind of where's Where's that line of, you know, the, the work and personal, because they're so blended today in the hybrid workforce, they're, they're really, there's not that line that there used to be. It just, it seems like these are, it'd be very hard to make regulatory decisions, right, on any kind of grand scale. And, you know, as a lawyer, I mean, you're, you're steeped in this and it's a very thoughtful process. Um, I mean, is that the answer, though? I mean, is the answer things like we're just going to ban this app outright versus trying to find another way? That's a good I mean, Yeah, that's a good solution. Simple thing. Ban everything. <laughs> it's fun. All those weird dances would stop. Nobody would tell me to buy 50 beauty products to do something. So, <laughs> but we, uh, we can go back to when we had uh, devices with that was not a full communicator, right? Didn't, didn't mm -hmm. have the phone, didn't have the Internet. It was just a flip phone. You don't have one, right? Life <laughs> getting old school Pecco. going old school. i need to upgrade <laughs> you really do where upgrade means downgrade and downgrade means whatever but i i have to confess i do have a flip phone old school one also they're wonderful they're so simple <laughs> And uh, I, uh, I think it appeals to the young and the old equally. 
and uh, I can uh, I can actually claim some cool question. I'm sure it's not called cool question anymore on TikTok, <laughs> but uh, but but that's a good that's a good. I think uh, banning is always an easy way to do it, and it's a blunt instrument which several governments use. Um, Government of India banned TikTok. Uh, and that's why it also tells you how important tech geopolitically is. And mm-hmm. why the banned was because uh, the Chinese and uh, the Indians share a border. There's only this tiny thing called the Himalayas in the middle. And uh, uh, when there were border skirmishes, um, the government of India's response was, well, dude, we're going to block everything which you are selling in our digital world. So they banned a ton of apps there. So India right. hasn't had TikTok for over two years now. It was a very popular app. The good thing about TikTok was that unlike Instagram, which required better devices, TikTok could work and be optimized on cheaper phones and cheaper devices. It's a different right. economy. So obviously, one, uh, as I said, in terms of it still works on feature phones. It still works on very low, uh, different uh, level of uh, devices. And it did optimize itself. And it works very well. It was very quick. Uh, it didn't mm-hmm. require um, a lot of text, which is not the language of most of the world. Right. And music is and videos are in that sense. That's why everybody has been forced to move to reels or whatever new thing they want to call um, uh, but they did that. They banned it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not going to say completely that uh, our fears are completely unfounded, that there is no data collection happening, that there are uh, no parties in the sense of countries which are not using that data collection for nefarious purposes. You know, what I find interesting in this, I'll just make a, a quick side point just to you, Petco. Um, but you know, when we had Shira Frankel on from the New York Times, you know, I think it was like a year and a half ago, one of the things that she was talking about was, you know, for a lot of these countries, these apps, these social apps become their way of actually getting information and sharing information, you know, like news of what's happening or communicating with each other. And much like you were saying, Mishi, I mean, it's, you know, you find these apps that actually work with the technology available to you in this particular country. Um, and then when you ban them, right, or cut off access, then you start cutting off access to communication, right? You know, the ability to share information, right? Freedom of thought uh, within these communities, which, you know, which I think is a discussion in itself, right? Uh, um, absolutely. And, and, I, and I think that's why um, uh, we are right now living in a world where the balkanization of internet is going to be uh, the future, it seems like. U.S. Mm. will be its own island. Europe will be its own island. The Chinese, Russians, the Iranians have already decided how they want their population to use the Internet. And uh, uh, Indians can never make up their mind. Some days they're a democracy. The other days they're like, oh, maybe we want to be somebody really different right now. And uh, look at China. They're doing very well. Maybe we should also control everything. And uh, uh, and, and that's why it it is true that a lot of um, data collection does happen. It is true that governments historically have never had as much power as technology now offers them. And that's true for all governments. And, mm-hmm. and to bring it full circle, that is why it is so important for us 
to be able to rely on rules, on law, on policy, because who knows which government will be actually governing many of these tools later on. Israel, like the place where startup nations, everything, and today's time says many of the entrepreneurs are thinking that judiciary is going to change, so we should move out of this country. And that tells you a lot about how tech entrepreneurs are also thinking. They need predictability in law. Um, companies like mine and many others, like the ones you talked about, are begin have have now completely understood that regulation is coming, and uh, the users would like privacy while getting the convenience. So companies will build products which are pro humanity IT. But they also need predictability. They can't have different rules, different laws every time. And I, as a lawyer who sits inside, I'm like, come on, I can't do with changing laws all the time. Um, and I, although I want them to change long term, but then to stay stable after deliberations and discussions. And so that is why it is so important to see, uh, look at it from that larger zoomed out perspective and to say, uh, this is what we would like as a business. This is what we would like as individuals. And this is what we expect from our governments as well. Um, and, and, and that's why um, when somebody says ban TikTok, I, I really have to squint my eyes, take a pause. And I'm like, okay, um, I like simple answers, but sil silver bullets are going to hurt a lot more in the long run than the the slow, boring sausage making. <laughs> I love that. Pick up reaction. I don't. I would say <laughs> one, one thing that I am. One thing that drives me nuts is with GDPR. At least they have the right to be deleted. You know, they can request their data be deleted. I can't yeah. tell you. I think I logged into Facebook, and I had not logged in for over ten years. So I had, I really Good requested it get deleted 10 years ago. Good for you. I, I don't use Facebook or any of it. And I logged in just, and it still had my original account mm -hmm. and it still had all my data from 10 years ago, which I told it I wanted deleted. It never, they never deleted it. They just made it inactive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think the definition of delete maybe varies between California and where I live, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm still impressed. I mean, the fact is I, I the fact that they store my data longer than the IRS stores my taxes. Well, is, is, there's, is a lot, kind of impressive. there's a lot more Mr. Zuckerberg wants to know about you than the IRS has offices. Yeah. So I, now I know that in California, they passed something like a GDPR, mm -hmm. um, CCPA. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think Virginia just passed one as well. Do you think that's going to have an impact on some of, the, some of our privacy protections? And So um, one interesting thing is, um, again, uh, just because there are new laws, our old laws don't automatically disappear. <laughs> right. I wish that were the case. And sometimes <laughs> I do wish that. And sometimes I don't. Um, like when I grew up in India and I became a constitutional lawyer and somebody told me sedition. And I'm like, that is a British era law. Didn't we get independence? Why didn't we get rid of all these laws? We didn't. We still didn't. Sodomy. We did, we still were punishing homosexuality under those lives. Right. Yeah. And so um, the the thing where what happens and uh, and as you rightly said is that um, many states are now doing uh, their own privacy laws. 
because um, they understand the importance of it. And the United States does not have an omnibus privacy legislation. And California being California, the fun people that they are, they're like, well, we have the sixth largest economy, we run the world, we'll just get whatever we want. Um, however, that also tells you that that is a responsible way of saying, the, why, why do we always put all responsibility on the users? Don't do this. Don't share your location. Don't. Why did you put your data out? Why didn't you do this? And as Petco is saying, is like, why did you create a Facebook account? And why is all the responsibility on me? I, I have a zillion things to do. I have to take my kids to school. I have to fight the PTA. I don't know. I burned the dinner. I have a zillion other things to do. I'm a very bad cook also. Um, so, but uh, I don't have time to think about this dense stuff. And sometimes when I pay attention and uh, people are sending me advertisements or changing my insurance rates or telling me I can't get something because I looked up something on Google, um, that's the time when I start paying attention to it. Uh, then you want me to say, well, it was your problem. Why didn't you read terms of service? Why didn't you? I already told you my, your firstborn is mine and everything is your mine. You didn't read that contract. Right. I got, I get paid to write those contracts, right? For a long time, a lot of um, that, that notice consent is legally robust, but not very good at the societal level. And that's mm -hmm. why I said, Lawyers are not the only uh, answers to this. It has to be a society-wide uh, communication and discussion. And as you were saying about uh, Virginia passed, uh, Connecticut did, California did, and many of these states are trying to say, we need to protect our people. We need to do these basics, uh, which people right. expect. You go to Europe, your internet experience is very different out there. And uh, they're saying we need to step in and help the people figure it out. We can't let it just be data collection, make such products, sell ads, and all of that would be hunky-dory. It's not. The world has changed from 2010 till from to that time to today. And, and however, the interesting bit, like Virginia is such a great example in that sense, is um, uh, it's, it's like um, the Dobbs decision happened. And there is a privacy law, and then there is menstrual data. Oh, and uh, that starts a whole different conversation: who can collect, who cannot collect, all of that. And um, uh, whether you're a woman or not, it helps you see how much of interference of a third party is there in such intimate decisions of your life, and which is put on steroids with the help of technology. Um, one of the fantastic things Virtue's uh, engineer team uh, led by women did was when this decision was happening and they were seeing, they used our underlying technologies, open source one, to build secure cycle. So I can um, track my periods. I can do whatever I need to do about my health, but nobody's business it is other than mine. So to, right. to, so there are products which being, are being made. That's why I always think it is technology, policy, law, all of these things come together to protect people who are at the center. And the more I, and, and that's how I simplify it in my head, uh, because I also, mm -hmm. uh, as much as I find reading these long 50 pages things meditative, I also have a limit. 
<laughs> so I have to simplify everything and map it. Um, like, um, and I think the best test always is, can you explain it to somebody who's maybe 10 years old? And can you also explain it to somebody who's 65 years plus? Because we tend to forget that part of our society completely, that as if people who reach a certain age are not part of our society. So if you can explain it to both the sides simply, then those conversations can actually go in the direction where we all want to go. Yeah. That, that's a great point. Yeah. So Misha, I'm thinking like long-term, I mean, we have California, we have Virginia, we have Connecticut, we have all these states who are saying we don't have, you know, overarching omnibus approval at the United States level. Mm -hmm. We're going to do our own. Mm -hmm. But do you think we'll ever get there where technology companies say, look, we've had enough. We can't have 50 different laws. Mm -hmm. We need you guys to agree. Yeah. And they'll ask the federal government at some point, let's just have consistent privacy regulation versus all these onesie twosies because I can't imagine how complicated it would be of, oh, I have to factor in how I treat someone's data based on what state they're resident in. Yep. Oh, and if they move, God forbid, I now have to, what do I do with the old data? Like, right. do I retroactively have to now consider that sensitive as well based on the new, like if I'm, if I'm in Texas and I move to California, there's now all my data related to all my activities that I did while I was in Texas protect under California law. So I guess my question is, do you think we're ever going to have some overarching, sweeping privacy regulation across the whole U.S.? I thought everyone from California moved to Texas, not the other way around. <laughs> You're very true there, Mishi. I, I, I mean, I mean, Texas is kind of cold lately, so I think people are moving to California. <laughs> talking, it's like taxes. It's like 80 degrees no here. What? Do you have electricity, oh, Rachel? Today. Yeah, not cold. Today. Is the power there? Mm -mm. Yeah, we do have power this time, so that's great. <laughs> sorry, sorry yeah. No, that's it. You never know. That's what's so exciting. You just never know, Mishi. <laughs> that's it. That's actually a very, very good question. In fact, something which we have all been waiting for a very long time. And you are right. I, I think, in fact, on the hill also, you've seen efforts where. Um, I think the companies realized early on that regulation is coming no matter what. And, um, and these are smart people. They know that uh, whether it is any advanced society, uh, governments and courts are beginning to reckon with extraordinary difficulties which have been posed by these centralized platform companies or whoever is operating media, and they are changing human civilization. And I don't say that lightly um, because these companies surveil our daily social behavior. They read our mail, they spy on our social interactions, they present edited news feed, personalized advertising, and they, they are building a machine with the mind of the guard. Mm -hmm. And uh, and they have acquired breadth and depth of social power over our impulses and behavior patterns um, that exceed any similar form of influence, public or private, in human history. So um, they know that such legislation is coming and they want to influence that legislation so that it completely right. doesn't destroy their only business model, which they know is uh, surveillance capitalism. So I... Mm -hmm. But um, you know how functional Congress is. So, 
So <laughs> uh, now we're in a different cycle. Now we are all uh, waiting to see what 2024 would look like. And uh, uh, like most administrations, the first two years things get done and then two years are preparation for the next term and then something perhaps will happen or not happen. Uh, however, I don't think that the U.S. can actually stay ahead of where the world is moving, both in terms of advancement of technologies. We can all be very scared about AI, uh, what Chinese models would look like, what uh, other people's uh, technological advancement do. Taiwan is giving the CHIPS Act or everything else. But we cannot then say, oh, yeah, this part we will not do. Uh, so there is something coming. There is what it would look like. I'm not sure right now. Um, uh, Europe has a much easier time doing it because honestly, I, I think they're not going to like me, but um, they don't have much innovation going on. But they have a lot of good law coming up. <laughs> because where are the alternatives? If they could create an Airbus for a Boeing, where is their own Google or whatever they want to build? And they're extremely smart people with great sense of history. So they need all of that. And people need tools. And people would want to say, okay, you, I don't, you're telling me Facebook is bad. Can you tell me what else should I use? So there needs to be a European answer, which is built not only in uh, European Commission, but it is also built in products. So um, uh, India is trying uh, but as I earlier said, um, honestly, if if we would stop in India yo-yoing between do we want democratic principles or we don't want one, I think we would be much better off creating those privacy-respecting products. And that's why, um, despite everything, uh, both Europe and the U.S. still have a very important role to play in where the leadership goes in the world on these issues. Absolutely. But don't hold your breath. It's not coming tomorrow. You keep hearing rumblings of it for sure, but yeah, what 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 is a timeline for something like that? Because it's huge. It, mm -hmm. it would be huge, and then you know to try to, of course, pass it right mm -hmm. is the other piece. It, it impacts everybody. That outcome. Well, yeah. Until then, we can all uh, buy more privacy-respecting stuff. So I, I got a, a talk a talk question for you, Mishi. If you had to bet, which would get passed first? a federal level approval for consistent privacy across all states or federal level approval for cannabis? <laughs> Ooh, I'm not a betting person, but this one is cool. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? I mean, I mean, so look at this. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, one's got one's ahead technically in number of states. Mm-hmm. Right. right. While the other one probably has more pent up demand. Mm, that that is a good one. I wish I had I wish us privacy folks had the same PR team as the cannabis ones or the same impact. <laughs> <laughs> we need a better Maybe they could be combined. Yeah, maybe there's some goodness in bringing them together. I don't know. I don't know. They want to the Privacy Cannabis Act. Yeah. They want to smoke it all on the streets. They really don't care too much about the privacy aspect of it. 
you can walk on the streets of New York and actually get a lot of secondhand smoke these days. Yes, you so can. So I'm not sure if the yes. combined effort is there. I don't know, actually. That's a very, very good question. Huh. And, and, there, and I think it's an important question because it's going to dictate what Congress picks. They can, you know, if they have to pick, they can't do both. They're going to end up having to do one. And at least in, in this session or decade, whichever it is, right? I do. Uh, despite all of that, I, I, I do think it's much easier to punt it, the cannabis thing, to still stay in terms of um, on the state level because a lot of criminal law is also at the state level. And I would say that the federal privacy one is, uh, I'm not sure about the timelines, but I do think that there would be much more, there is at least ability to find common ground between the two political parties right. there. Um, right. Um, so, uh, well, tooting my own so horn. As a lawyer, you're, you're, <laughs> so as a lawyer, you're saying we're going to, you know, probably have privacy first before we have cannabis. That's what I just heard. As a lawyer, I'm only saying, dude, where is my invoice? <laughs> <laughs> oh, these billable hours that lawyers have to deal with all the time. Right? Well, I went in-house. They bought me uh, my soul now. <laughs> I don't have to do hours and hours. <laughs> but yep. I have to say, but uh, no, I, I, uh, no, I really don't have um, a clear answer to that in uh, mostly because I, I do find it very fascinating and I do think there is overlap for both parties. My, my problem only is these conversations because they have these companies uh, which are also providing a platform to speak um, for political actors also. So all of those, that gets conflated all the time. So the moment you mention like social media, misinformation, disinformation, which, oh, whether it is it has a liberal bias or it has a conservative bias, those conversations just cloud. And I'm like, yeah, these are all important issues, but the kitchen sink, if you're going to throw at it, how will we solve anything? And right. these are overlapping to some extent, but this still cannot be all done with one legislation. And, uh, uh, and that's why the conversations sometimes are a little frustrating. And I also think that uh, uh, we tend to think that, oh, my God, Europe is becoming too regulatory, burdensome. But to be very fair to them, uh, they have put people at the center and they have taken the leadership to show that we will have to do it. Right. And it is an important market. So businesses have adapted to sell to that market. So it's not that we can't right. get it done here. So I will say still, um, maybe what I'm doing is I'm just projecting my own desires. And I'm like, oh, I want privacy, cannabis, whatever. I, people can go to another state. Uh, <laughs> but um, um, uh, but I uh, but what I'm what I'm thinking is that uh, I, if if they can handle the privacy part of it, even they would uh, Congress would also come to think about it. That many of the other aspects are more complicated. Content moderation, right. who takes in, who takes a, those are different and somewhat. Uh, collection of data feeds all of that. So if we fixed at least collection of data problem, we would have addressed some bits of it, but we need to really segregate, even if the companies are so big that everything looks like at only one monster when it's actually there's several people under um, uh, under the overcoat, nine or 10 of them, or I don't know, 15. Yeah. 
Well, I look forward to the day that we get some alignment at the federal level because it's, you know, if you end up with 50 different state by state type of laws, I, I imagine that would be very difficult to navigate. Yes, sister. Yeah. Yes. But, Ra- but Ra- Rachel. Pat but Rachel. point earlier. Well, but Rachel, I'm curious to your, which one are you looking for? Cannabis or privacy? <laughs> Oh, well, I told you just bring them, bring them together. Pecco, just a twofer. Can we do a two in one? Yeah. No, I, I imagine privacy would come online first, uh, myself, just given how, how long we've been talking about it and how incredibly imperative it is. Um, you know, and, and we've talked a lot too about, you know, kind of privacy as it relates to like cyber crimes, mm-hmm. right. And cyber stalking and, and all of these things that you have literally no recourse for in many ways, unless you're able to kind of get an IP address and prove all these things. And, and so I, I think you get a privacy, you know, federal regulation as you start getting in a step in the right direction of where we can address some of the more nefarious things that are happening, um, over time, you know, but you got to start somewhere. Right. So that's my hope. That's, that's my positive affirmation for the day. <laughs> Well, I've done my job. I have one person in my corner now. (laughs) Yay. Um, Well, Mishi, I I do want to be mindful of time. I know we've run over. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been, I think, by far my most fun fun conversation in in a long, long, long time. So thank you for that because it's it's such an important conversation. And, you know, it's you got to look at it from so many different perspectives. Um, You know, thank you for bringing so much of that prism prism to light here today for our listeners. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. You both have been very generous and uh, uh, a lot of fun and putting up with my long-winded paragraph talking self, but uh, I'm very excited. I I was very glad to be here and talk to you both. I loved it. I loved it. So to all of our listeners out there, thanks for listening. You know, again this week, and be sure to smash that subscription button. You get Mishi's episode right in your email inbox every Tuesday. So until next time, everybody, be safe. Thanks for joining us for the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit forcepoint.com slash gov podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. 